Cape Talk. A worldview from London with Adam Gilchrist. Good morning, Adam Gilchrist. Um, South Africa um, dealing with uh, the news over the last 24 hours that South that the country, or the government is recalling its diplomatic staff from Tel Aviv, but at the same time, some military machinations in and around the Middle East, particularly in the Mediterranean, the arrival of an American submarine. What could it mean? for the Middle East at the moment, in this current juncture? Yes, that is the question. And the fact that we know it's there is rather extraordinary. The fact that the U.S. Navy kind of did a press handout. By the way, here's our nuclear submarine. I should say nuclear-powered rather than nuclear-armed, although it could be nuclear-armed, but it's carrying cruise missiles instead. But this Ohio-class sub has pitched up in the Middle East, confirmed by the American military in an unusual announcement. It is a sort of, ta-da! Our big subs here, um, obviously intended to put on a show of look what we can do, look what we have, look what's in the area now. I think this is particularly after the Iranian Defense Minister Mohammad Reza Ashtiani said that America will be hit hard, as he put it, if they do not implement a ceasefire in Gaza. Now, obviously, America is a big player, but they can't absolutely implement a ceasefire without, obviously, Israel and Hamas and others going along with it. So it's nothing of the stakes, I suppose, is that this this big show of a nuclear sub and a well-armed one in the area, we see it in the picture somewhere close to the Suez Canal, possibly in the Suez Canal. Uh, Israel says uh, this will help stabilise the Middle East. Um, I don't know, like Americans owning automatic weapons, though, is that good for peace? Uh, Or am I being unfair? I'm not sure. Oh, we have ratcheting up of... and drums of uh, beating of the drums of war in Iran, parts of Yemen, and now also with the arrival of American um, naval power in um, in the Gulf and as well as in the Mediterranean. Uh, but I watched with particular glee where I also read some of the transcripts of a judge in an American court essentially ordering Donald Trump to zip it Donald Trump was in court and there was some testy testifying from the ex-president, but the judge saying, Mr. President, Mr. Trump, I want you to zip it. He was in there pushing four hours. He was on the stand, uh, Donald Trump, uh, four hours of Donald Trump. I think the judge was inviting some sort of masochistic kind of behavior. Uh, the judge had already ruled, by the way, Judge Engeron had already ruled that the former president massively inflated the value of properties by over $2 billion. Now it's about how that applies, except absolutely in the course of his testimony, Donald Trump refuted that. And he talked about how his own personal brand inflates the value of something. I mean, that is a thing, I suppose, isn't it? Why, why would you buy? You'd buy a pair of socks that once owned to Michael Jackson, but you probably wouldn't buy mine, would you? Uh, you know, there's a thing about a brand, isn't there? Um, but even beforehand, it was extraordinary. Uh, and he has, of course, he's not quite been done for contempt of court, but at, at various stages yesterday, the lawyers were told, control your client. Even as he went in on social media, Donald Trump wrote, got a really biased, nasty club control, but often overturned judge, a racist, evil and corrupt attorney general, a dark day for our country witch hunt. You can't just send that off and not expect repercussions. I mean, again, you or I couldn't, whoever socks we're wearing. Um, 
Losing the trial, of course, could cost Donald Trump $250 million, which wouldn't exactly wreck him, but it would ban him and his sons, if he loses the trial, on doing business in New York. He could move elsewhere, but still. And he could lose control of some iconic properties like Trump Tower. I hesitate to wonder what on earth he would be saying. If that transpires, we shall see. I wonder if Donald Trump's the world's first social media influencer from the 80s already, <laughs> leveraging yeah, off maybe. his personal brand. And then finally, art theft to order in Poland. This time, rare books have been stolen. Yeah, we've heard of that before, haven't we? That uh, sometimes, I mean, it's an awful thing, but, you know, a Van Gogh gets stolen and it ends up in a private collector's hands because they set a gang on it. I mean, it's not just the stuff of fictional films with Pierce Brosnan in them. This has happened in Poland uh, with some rare 19th century books, dozens of them worth about half a million dollars, nine million rand, more or less. They've been stolen from the University of Warsaw in uh, Poland. The uh, thief or thieves didn't just nick them. They left behind some empty book covers and some dummy books. It was well thought through. To some extent, it was quite well crafted. So they absolutely knew what they were doing. It took a while, but it appears that they've counted up and 80 precious volumes have been stolen in this way. Now, a man suspected of stealing books from the Latvian National Library has now been spotted in Warsaw on CCTV, obviously going back a, a little while, but they think, hang on a moment, is this the same guy? It sounds a bit Soviet era, but the library director has since been sacked for negligence. I think she just had some books stolen. In what, uh, anyway, uh, watch out world libraries. It, it could be a global issue if we're not careful. Uh, Adam, I've always found, and yeah, I'm giving away personal security tips, I've always found if I had a little cash, I'd hide them in books on my bookshelf. Because I've had break-ins before, and the only thing that hasn't been touched was, of course, the uh, bookshelf. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope no would-be criminal is listening right now. But Any his... particular volumes you'd put them in? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't tell you that. Adam Gilchrist, have a good day. Chat to you tomorrow on The Worldview.